I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hello and welcome to Off the Beat and Track Podcast. I'm your host, I'm Stu Whiffin. It's another week, therefore it's another episode. Today's episode, I sit down with Ruff Reese uh, of the Super Furry Animals and we have a wonderful chat. We talk about some incredible music, uh, some incredible Welsh music, um, I should add. Uh, and we talk about his upcoming book. Uh, and we talk about how he's found, you know, the last the last year, really, as a, as a creative and, and, and all the normal questions as well, of course. Um, and before we get on with the episode, I should just say a couple of thank yous to Scribius Pip uh, and the Distraction Pieces Network. And thank you to 76 for producing this podcast. If this is your first time listening to Off The Beaten Track podcast, once you finish listening to my, my chat with Gruff, then um, I would suggest that you have a look in the archives as well because there's over 200 episodes. You can hear me chatting to artists as diverse as James Lavelle to Chuck D to Sheik to Maxine Peake to Melanie C to The Vaccines to Fatboy Slim. Uh, it goes all over the place and yeah, so there's some great chats to be had with some wonderful uh, creative people uh, all talking about the records that have soundtracked their journey. If uh, you still want more, then you can get a lot more. I'll put up four episodes a week on Patreon so you can support the podcast as well as getting lots more content over there. You can find out about all of this stuff at offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. Let's get back to today's episode. Please enjoy Off the Beaten Track podcast with Griff. It's Off the Beaten Track podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Uh, how you doing, Griff? You all right? Yeah, good, thank you. Good, good, good. Well, before we start talking um, records, I just want to um, just ask you really how you found this year as as a, as both a, a human being and and a creative how you found the whole thing well it's been pretty complicated um it's it's been tough for times but um it's a matter of counting my blessings you know you know creatively i found it impossible to do anything just because i was looking after kids and things you know like no school and i didn't really have time to do anything creative um but the last two or three months that's changed a little bit i've got some time for myself again it's a really sobering time and um you know i just feel really fortunate that you know 
Well, I'm still around and stuff. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, I mean, for, for someone whose who's, who's output is as, as prolific as yours has been for, for, for a long time there, um, was it quite a, you know, to, to try and find a positive in a, in a, a you know, a, a strange situation that, that this year's been? Was it nice to be able to kind of not have the responsibilities of, of, of being an artist and being able to just kind of take some time out with the family and stuff? Yeah, life doesn't allow for that usually um it's been very healthy to have lots of time without travel i think yeah it's um i mean beyond my my job kind of stopped existing so obviously that's a blow you know but beyond that it's been great staying in one place and having a different outlook and things. Well, one of the, the, let, let's move on to uh, today's playlist. So for track one, Griff, I'm going to ask you the song that you think's got the greatest ever intro. Ah, oh, that's the one they missed out. <laughs> I, I, um, I'll, I'll, I will have to come up with this on the fly because... I think um, this is the one oh, that... Okay, I, I, I've got one. Okay. Because um, I've prepared for the other questions, and like, like you know, I just we started talking earlier, but I had no idea that they were kind of set questions. Yeah. So I took half an hour to come up with these, lot. and then I've written an intro, and I overlooked it for some reason. So, um, but there's an amazing song by I think she's Argentinian. An Argentinian artist called Nora, and I think it's spelled N-O-R-A. I think she's spelled Nora, and um, it's a song called "The Battle for My Love." And what's amazing about the song is that it the intensity never stops. So the intro is massive. It's got this massive in- intro, and you think, okay, fair enough. It's a huge intro. You know, where can the song go from here? And it goes into a verse, and the verse is even bigger, and it's impossible to top. You know, the verse is so massive. You're thinking, okay, fair enough. What's going to happen next? And then the chorus comes in, and it's the biggest chorus ever. It's ridiculous. It's just... And you think, oh, no, you know, this is... Crazy, you know what, what can happen next, and then you know the it, then the intro comes back in, and it's even bigger. And it, I've never known a song like it for intensity. Um, where not only has it got a killer intro, a killer verse, a killer chorus, and then it goes back to the beginning. But I don't know if there's a key change or something. But they managed to keep that the intensity of the intro throughout the song. Uh, it's an incredible track. Can, can I ask, in regards to you, you, you know, you're saying about like it's just that that kind of constant of you know, huge verse, huge chorus, you know, huge intro. Like over the years that you've been making music, you know, if we, if we look at the early days with the with the furries and stuff, like the way that people listen to to records then is 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 far different from how people listen to to music now. Uh, in regards to you know streaming and YouTube and whatever places that you know people are, are, are ingesting their music, um, 
and it seems to be quite a a, a very fast moving ap- approach to it for lots of people. Insofar as if you're not hooking them straight away, you know they're on to the next thing. There's so many distractions available because there's so much music available now um, at your fingertips. Has that affected in any way the way that you approach? songwriting over the years and, and and maybe has it affected the way that you've considered intros i've always been melodically minded um and i love pop hooks and the construction of songs um and i also like subverting them then you know like to, so that hopefully there's an element of surprise. As, as always, I've always listened to very melodic music, and um, I, at the moment I'm going through like a, I've been enjoying recording without sort of click tracks or something, you know. Or, um, I've been enjoying just recording music very live in the studio, capturing a moment. Um, that's something I've sort of developed into, but I don't think my attitude to the construction of the song or the or beginning a song with a melody, for example, I don't think that's changed. Okay. I think that was something that that I guess you know you, you talked about like them, them kind of, sort of you know pop hooks and things like that. I, I guess it's more. I guess that question would be more possibly targeted towards somebody that that makes kind of commercial pop music. I think that that's probably a, 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 a you know a, a type of music that seems to be evolving now, where it's like straight in with the chorus now, and uh, you know, no, 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 no fat on the bone. Um, but uh, well, for track two, Griff, I'm going to ask you um, the first song you remember hearing that had an emotional impact on you. Well, I've chosen a track, just like an example of the records that my parents had around the house uh, when I was a kid. So um, this is a track by a, a trio called Adelia. So it's spelled Y, which means the, and then followed by Dilia, D-I-L-I-A-U. And it's a track of Blood Day With, who's a mythical character, um, a woman made of flowers. Um, and it's a really spooky track um, and very emotional, scary, but reassuring at the same time. <laughs> so so what would the, that emotion have been, Griff? Well, the emotion of being spooked, but also it's it's a Welsh language track, and um, which brings some sort of re- reassurance, you know, and... Safety, um, you know, three women singing in harmony, a beautiful melody, but it's very haunting. So it, it because it, it's a melancholy song, but very beautiful. So it, it's very reassuring in a in a strange way. Was you always was there always records on at home growing up? Was that was there always records on at home when you was growing up? Yeah, I'm the youngest of three, so my brother and sister were big fans of music. And they they were playing records all the time, a bit older than me, so they were playing... Um, my brother would play Black Sabbath and things, and then my sister would play reggae records and 
pop music and um, it's a good mixture and a lot of Welsh language music as well. For track three. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself. And for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. I'm going to ask you the song that reminds you of your time at school, please. Yeah, so this is another Welsh language track. Um, I used to go and see a band called Erbrotir. So the letter Y again at the beginning means the, and then Brother, Piero, D-Y-R, the brothers, and they were a really radical band. Um, they were amazing musicians, but they also used um, electronic drums and canisters, um, in, in industrial things, and violin. A lot of instrumentation that doesn't necessarily make sense together, um, but they had a really magnetic frontman called Hugh Hughes. He was the kind of person who could get the audience into a frenzy. Um, and I used to love going to see them play. Um, they, were, they were quite a morbid band in many ways, which makes a lot of sense when you're a teenager. Uh, tragically, Hugh died after maybe maybe one single they, they didn't release a lot of stuff whilst he was alive. I think they did one seven-inch, one twelve-inch single, but they're a defining band for me. You know, when I was growing up, um, maybe about to leave school, the drummer ended up joining the band James. Um, so he, you know, he he got a, a taste of a huge success and. We used to run into him at festivals and things, 
uh, with the Super Furries. Um, yeah, the, the music they made was really radical. The, this track I'm talking about is called Cliche Mon Anyaluch, which means uh, Voices in the Desert. So it, it's like when a band speaks to you, you know, when, when you think nobody else understands how you think, and then a, a band kind of speaks to you directly. <laughs> but, but it's a good record. In regards to school, like, did you enjoy it? Uh, I enjoyed being in school in terms of friendships, you know, hanging out with other kids, but I, I, I didn't enjoy school in terms of that sense of authority. Um, you know, I wasn't very good at being compliant. So, um, so I left when I was about 16, went back to technical college a couple of years later and started doing art, co- art courses and then went to Manchester Polytechnic. Later on, I was cal- had calmed down a bit. <laughs> Is that, did you want, was art something that you wanted to do before music? Um, it was something to do when I, you know, you can't be presumptive that music is a vocation, you know, it's, I mean, music was always central to my life, but I never took it for granted that I'd make a living out of it. So I was always open to other things and uh, always interested in art and enjoyed making making art and um, somehow or other I was able to devote everything to music in the end, you know. Uh, so both art and music are incredibly difficult um, fields to, you know, pay pay the bills in and uh, and, and 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 carve out a, you know, a, a living in. Um, was you was you was you confident or, or uh, and, and are you driven? Yeah, I think um, I was in a band called Fakafi Pope with um, my friend Dav Davidian. And we went on to form some for animals. We moved to Cardiff. Kids on Bumf, a, a friend from Cardiff, and Kian, Dav's brother. Uh, but we we were collectively very driven, you know, and also happy to fail. You know, we we weren't motivated by um, we were motivated by making records, not by making a living. We weren't particularly employable in any other field, you know. We did, we, we did feel it was it was our calling, and we were happy to sacrifice everything for it. Really, um, in terms of comfort, you know, in in a, in a quite an instinctive way. Um, but you know, but, but, but we had to do other things as well. And, and on the confidence side of that question like you know being the the front man was was that something that that sat comfortably with you no I, I wasn't driven really to be a singer but what happened they started to write songs um when I was 16 I found faculty power with my friend Rothery Poo um and we, we just couldn't find the singer and I was writing lyrics and things and I ended up having to sing them. Um, I always wanted to be a drummer 
he started off playing drums and uh, my friend Dav was a better drummer than I was. I sort of didn't trust anyone else to sing the songs, but I'm I'm more of an observer of life than the sensitive of attention, I think, you know. For um for track four, I'm gonna ask you the first song you ever buying from a record shop. Yeah, the I, the first single I bought was a song called Whiskey a Soda by a new wave Welsh language band called Isle Smithyad. And it's like a power pop new wave guitar track. Um, but the first album I ever bought was Father Abraham and the Smurfs. <laughs> um, I can't remember the the name of the album. It could have been Christmas in Smurfland. Uh, that might, might have been one of the songs. And I, I sold it few years after in a jumble sale it's, um, but, I, but I played it to death you know <laughs> it's like it's it's so weird I've uh I've been doing this podcast like I've done over 200 episodes now Griff uh and in the last two weeks two people have picked that <laughs> wow that's wild are they maybe maybe in the same age or something I guess so I guess so uh I think it was um it was just—it was huge, though, wasn't it? This, I mean, I, I don't know if you remember, but uh, I mean, I'm I'm 47, and and I remember like when the Smurfs kind of come out, and then records are everywhere. There was a, a, I might just remember this completely wrong, but there was a petrol station, a chain of petrol stations called National. That's and, right. And if you bought like a tenner's worth of petrol, probably a fiver back then, you got a free Smurf. Yeah. Can you remember any of this? Or am I talking... Yeah, like, I, no, I, had about, I had about 20 of them. <laughs> I just remember, like, literally hassling my dad to, like, not stop at, like, a BP or a Shell and just, like, you know, keep pushing on to find a national just so I could get, like, you know, chimney sweep Smurf, you know? Yeah, you'd get a, a free vinyl Smurf figure. <laughs> and um, I've probably still got them somewhere, but... Um, it's... Um, but it must have been massive because I bought it in Bethesda, which is a, a small town, and the only shop that sold records was the Welsh Language Bookshop. And so the only records that were available were Welsh Language records, or just massive records. If, if they were in English, they had to be massive. Like, it wouldn't be, there'd be nothing obscure. And, and I just want to ask you, like, over your, your your career, like how important have have the independent record shops been? Um, oh, very important. The, um, as a fan, when I was growing up, there's a shop called Carb Records in Bangor. Um, they still weren't going in Perthmatog, um, and they used to get the latest records from all over the world. So. You could buy weird guitar pop from New Zealand or uh, well, anything really, you know, in, in really close at hand. And it, it meant there was a lot of music heads in the area. So if you couldn't necessarily buy records all the time, you could go to people's houses and be introduced to some wild music. When I'm on tour, finding an independent record shop is the first thing to do in a town if you've got any time. It's going to be the centre of music life in that area. 
and and by now it's the only game in town. Really, all the chains have largely closed to yeah. selling vinyl records, and um, it's the only lifeline left for records. For track five, Griff, I'm going to ask you the song that soundtrack your years clubbing. Yeah, I was thinking The Phantom by Renegade Sound, Dave. Oh, what a record. Because um, I'm not exactly sure what year it came out, but maybe 89 or something. I would have said 89. Um, and it's a record that was everywhere I went. It would be played. They were a really good band. Um, I think I had a few of the 12 inches before then that um, cocaine sex and um, lots of great sort of weird pop music pop. M- made on samplers. Yeah. And they, they were one of my favourite bands at the time. I, I remember I was drilling to Michael D. Valentine and Renegade Soundwave and then they came out with this weird 12 inch yeah it just really reminds me of that era and it got played for a, for a good few years where was where was clubbing for you Griff? Um, I went to Manchester Poly around 89 so I was living in Hume in Manchester um, so I'd go to clubs like the PSV in Hume and um, when sort of hardcore was coming out and um it's really, really intense experiences. There's a lot of raves going on. I remember, you know, going to Black Blackpool and Leeds, and uh, also a lot in rural North Wales as well. So a few, a few raves, you know. For track six, a favourite song from an artist from your home county, please. County seems to be rearranged every few years so I'm, I'm gonna I'm living in Cardiff and um, the old county is Morgannwg um, or Glamorgan it's an excuse to play a track by a contemporary artist from Merthyr uh, called Edith um, and it's a track called Tuvi it came out this year and it's one of the records I've listened to a lot to this year, like a sort of Welsh language. Maybe you'd call it R and B, I don't know. Are you you know, do you still sort of try and retain obviously, you know, when we're not in the situation we're in in, in, in twenty twenty, you know, you obviously spend as you, you you touched upon a lot of time travelling. Um whenever you're back in Wales, do you try and instantly sort of try and get stuck back into the, the, the scene and what's going on and, 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 and stay, you know, part of the, the sort of lifeblood of that, that Welsh scene? Yeah, it, it, it comes and goes. Um, I'm a big music fan and I try and keep my ears open to what's going on. But um, it varies sometimes. I'm, you know, I'm in a place, you know, I'm in, there's a time where I've got a lot of time to listen to a lot of music and, I'm on top of everything. And then sometimes um, I'm busy with something and I'll end up listening to the to one Johnny Mitchell album for six months or something. 
Um, so it, it really varies depending where I am and what's going on. Do you, do you obsess over music? If you find a new track that you like, will you play it over and over and over and over? Yeah, yeah. I mean, especially if I've got the time to do it, definitely. I've, I've got less time than used to. I've got kids and things and um, it still happens. It, or even albums as well. I'll, I'll, I'll play an album, you know, 50, 50 times in a row over a few days. <laughs> um, before we get on to the last track, uh, Griff, do you, I, I want to ask you about the, the, the book that you've got coming out. Oh, yeah. So what can people expect from that? Um, I did a, a show about two years ago called Resist for Yonkers, and it was a slideshow, and I play a few solo songs as well. It's sort of autobiographical, but it's mostly about crowds and crowd psychology and how I've ended up communicating with audiences with using signs. So it's it's like a picture book, really, with, with signs. Um and graphics, and it started off as a as a sort of crap PowerPoint presentation slideshow. So it's a it's like a crap uh, PowerPoint presentation in book form. <laughs> Do you know what? It's quite weird that 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 you say it's about crowd uh, crowd psychology. Uh, you you will have no recollection of this whatsoever, Griff, but. Um, we met um, in the mid-90s. Um, Super Furries came and played at the Esplanade in Southend-on-Sea. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, I remember that. And I, and I can't remember what your last song was, but I was quite drunk and I was losing my mind to, uh, to your set. And for some reason thought it would be an incredible experience as you started your last song to run through the crowd out the door and straight into the sea. And then, and then, <laughs> then, run straight back in and say thank you. And uh, and I did completely drenched uh, in uh, in dirty South End seawater. And you, you, and to sort of come up to you and said thanks for that. That was great. And you looked actively, sort of actively disturbed at why I would do that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it, 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 yeah, the, the, that's that's the power that uh, <laughs> Super Fairy set out on me. Then just threw myself oh, straight out the venue and into the sea. Wow, <laughs> oh, beautiful. Um, well, so I should, I should, I should say that in a gig. <laughs> I wouldn't recommend, mate. Um, for the last track. Uh, Griff, um, you can play DJ now, and uh, and you can recommend a song that many may not know that you would like them to hear. Yeah, well, my comfort zone musically by now is, um, uh, and partly from touring and picking up old seven-inch singles in various languages that I don't understand or speak but are really catchy. I've got a, a playlist of them streaming and things. And uh, this is an, a, a sort of example of what I 
enjoy <laughs> the most these days. Um, this is a, a track by Tom Zay, the Brazilian artist, who's pretty well known, but I, I don't know how particularly known this track is um, in the scheme of things, but um, there's a track called La Vema Onda. It's just ridiculously catchy and the alliteration and I can't remember what he sings about. A Brazilian person explained it to me once so and and they said it was it is good and it's not offensive. But it's just a, a great, really melodic track that lift my, lifts my spirits and I've got no idea what it's about. Well, we, uh, we collate a, a little Spotify playlist to accompany the podcast, so we'll, uh, well, I'll, I'll endeavour to find that uh, and, uh, and put them all on the playlist. Um, Griffith, we find ourselves coming to the end of a, a weird year. What are, you, what are you looking forward to next year personally um what have you got coming up professionally i've been trying to get a record finished um a record i recorded i started recording uh two years ago and i mixed over a year ago that got sort of held up by the pandemic so i don't know looking forward to getting that record out uh, where I'm reconnecting with the electric guitar and playing guitar solos and things. Personally, you know, I just hope that I'm just counting my blessings, you know, and just um, hopefully get through it. I've got no particular ambitions beyond sticking around. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Don't go anywhere yet, mate. Please stick around. Let's get our record out and a book. <laughs> um, Griff, thanks so much for your time, mate. Um, best of luck with the book, and uh, and I'm looking forward to you plugging electric guitar in and uh, and hearing what that sounds like. Um, yeah, thank you, thank, thank you, you very so much. much. There you go. Wonderful. Uh, what a smashing fella. Uh, we carried on having a a chat afterwards about some uh, some Welsh bands that I, you know I don't feel just because. Uh, you know, he, he's a Welshman that he's a, an authority on all Welsh bands, but there was a couple of bands that I, I was really kind of curious as to what happened to them because they were um, kind of important bands uh, in my formative years and just wondered if he had any insights into where they, what, what they went on to do and, uh, and where they're at. Um, yeah, so go and check out the book. Uh, and also, as mentioned at the beginning, if this is your first time listening, then go and check out uh, some of the other chats uh, from James Avell to Sheik to James Acaster to Ed Gamble to, gosh, oh, there's it. Just go and have a rummage. There's 200 episodes with all your favourite musicians, actors, producers, DJs, Butch Fig. Um, that's a great chat. Go and listen to that one. Um, and I'll be back next time. Um, anything you need to know, www.offthebeatandtrackpodcast.com. I'll see you next time. Bye-bye. I've got an announcement. Save Our Souls Clothing. www.sosclothing.co.uk Why am I telling you this? Because they're our official sponsor. Yeah, that's right. Go and check them out because their clothing is off the scale. You're going to love it. So they've decided they want to be our sponsor, which is amazing. And what I have to do 
is I have to tell you about why they're amazing. So here's a little bit of blurb. So they've only been going a year, and they're based in South End on Sea, just up the road from me. They put the company together based on a, a love of tattoos and alternative music, and they've worked with some of the greatest artists around the world to produce these items of clothing that are as unique as you lot. All of the designs are printed using biodegradable, sustainable and water-based inks. In addition to that, they only print on garments made by members of Fairwear Foundation. I mean, come on, great clothing and a conscience. Since going live in April last year, they've seen their audience grow massively and are now selling orders all across the world. And they were recognised by Cosmopolitan magazine as one of the best sustainable clothing brands alongside names such as Stella McCartney. I mean, that's quite a first year, right? So, go and check them out, because they've put a lot of love into supporting this podcast, and I couldn't be happier. What else they've done, is they've given you 15% off. So, if you head over to www.sosclothing.co.uk, do a bit of shopping, see what you like, throw it in the basket, and then on the way out, put in the discount code, Beat 15, B-E-A-T-1-5, and that'll save you 15% off. Amazing, right? www.sosclothing.co.uk, official sponsors of Off The Beat and Track Podcast. It's Off The Beat and Track Podcast on the Distraction Pieces Network. With me, Stu Whipping. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Are you ready for truly hydrated skin? Meet Hyaluronic Body Serum, a breakthrough in body care from Osea. It's clinically proven to instantly increase hydration by 161%. Their lightweight, fast-absorbing serum delivers 24 hours of nonstop hydration for silky smooth skin without the sticky afterfeel. Osea's latest innovation combines the magic of their best-selling Hyaluronic Sea Serum with a new formula that's good for the whole body and five types of hyaluronic acid to target every layer of the skin. 
Osea is a women-founded, women-led brand that's been crafting seaweed-powered products for nearly 30 years. The best part? Everything Osea makes is clean, vegan, cruelty-free, and climate-neutral certified, so you never have to choose between your values and your best skin. Treat your skin to clean, vegan skincare from Osea. Get 10% off your first order site-wide with code SUMMER at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com code SUMMER.